Hey guys, it's Tana. Thanks for joining me for another sniffly episode of Oddity Potity. I'm kind of struggling with the cold right now, so I appreciate you bearing with me. Guys, there's an endless supply of stories about people who've seen ghosts. I've got a few myself. I've even tried to capture some on film, but I've never been able to unless you count orbs. I'm still iffy on what I think about those, but that's the gold standard of proof. To catch a photo or even a video of an actual life-size ghost, complete with distinguishable features. Now, even this isn't irrefutable. I've seen some so-called photo proof that was clearly photoshopped or retouched. A couple of photos from the Myrtle's Plantation comes to mind. But there are a handful of famous photos that have withstood scrutiny from film experts and still could not be debunked. Today, I want to tell you about 10 of the most famous photographs ever taken of actual ghosts. So if you're a fan of a good selfie, keep listening. Because if these photos were faked, it means that ghosts are at a whole nother level of Photoshop catfishing than we humans. slew of ghost photographs that claim to have captured the paranormal, but most that I've seen look like one of those Where's Waldo pictures, only a whole lot more blurry, and while others looked pretty convincing, were later proved to be totally fake. There's a very short list of photos that not only show ghostly figures very clearly, but that have also been examined by experts, most notably those employed by Kodak, and have been proven to be completely authentic and unretouched. Today, I want to tell you about 10 of the most famous ghost photographs ever taken that were studied and tested by experts and found to be real. Before I start, I want to note that these were photos that were taken with cameras and then developed with film in a darkroom, not the kind that are taken on a smartphone, which are pretty easy to edit. The old way of taking and receiving pics was not instantaneous. It used to take days and sometimes weeks to get pictures. I remember when one-hour photo labs became a thing, and we thought it was the coolest invention ever. Very cutting edge. However, your selfies could not be edited, and you might waste a whole lot of time, money, and an entire roll of film just trying to get one good shot and still may not get one that you like. It's kind of hard to fathom now. But that's not to say those films were not impossible to tamper with and make a photo look like it was something that it wasn't. But it was difficult, and expert photographers and film developers could easily spot telltale signs of this. One of the most famous of the famous is the photo of the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. In 1936, Captain Hubert C. Proven was doing a photo shoot of Raynham Hall in Norfolk, England for Country Life magazine. Raynham Hall is a country house that has been at the seat of the Townsend family for nearly 400 years. It was built in the 17th century and was the home of Charles Townsend, 2nd Viscount Townsend, a prominent politician and leader in the House of Lords. When Captain Proven finished his photo shoot and developed his photos, he was shocked to see the image of a veiled figure descending the staircase of Raynham Hall. The photo was examined by experts, and while they could not rule out a hoax, they did determine that the photo had not been tampered with or edited in any way. Also, there was no evidence of any kind of hoax. That's not to say that one couldn't have been pulled off. There just wasn't anything to substantiate that. 
Anyway, the ghost is believed to be that of Dorothy Walpole, who was the second wife of Charles Townsend and the sister of Robert Walpole, who was the first prime minister of Great Britain. She lived in the home with Charles until he accused her of cheating on him with her friend Lord Wharton. As punishment for this alleged infidelity, Charles locked his wife up in a room. And some sources say that Lord Wharton's wife was so mad about the alleged affair that she conspired to help him entrap Dorothy. Dorothy remained a prisoner up in her room until she contracted smallpox and died in 1726. They call her the Brown Lady because of the brown brocade dress that she wears. But the photo that Captain Proven took was black and white. So how do they know that she's wearing a brown dress? Well, that's because her ghost has been seen with human eyes and human eyes can see color. The first documented sighting of the ghost was during a Christmas party at Raynham Hall in 1835, more than a century after Dorothy died. Several guests who gathered for the days-long festivities claimed to have seen a woman in a long, dated brown brocade dress. The woman's description fit that of Dorothy Walpole Townsend. When one of the guests, a man named Colonel Loftus, reported seeing the brown lady, but with empty eye sockets that glowed with dark fire, the rest of the guests bailed, along with some of the equally terrified staff at Raynham Hall. After that, the story of the brown lady was spread far and wide. A year later, in 1836, a man named Captain Frederick Marriott asked to spend the night at Raynham Hall in the very room in which a large portrait of Dorothy hung. He intended to prove that the entire ghost story was totally made up. Captain Marriott was good pals with Charles Dickens, the author, and he thought it would be a good story to share with them. Now, Captain Marriott was convinced that the ghost hoax had been created by smugglers who were just trying to keep visitors away so they could continue to move illegal contraband through the area without risk of being caught. Because of this, he slid a loaded revolver under his pillow each night before he went to sleep because he fully expected to be attacked by criminals. He planned to stay for three nights. On the first two nights, nothing happened, and the captain was convinced that he was correct about the brown lady being fake. But on the third night, two young men who were nephews of the owners of the hall knocked on his door. The boys had purchased a new gun in London earlier that day, and they wanted the captain's opinion on it. Though it was late, the captain agreed and went to check out the gun, but he took his own revolver with him as well. The nephews agreed to walk the captain back to his room later, but as they were doing so, they spotted the glow of a lamp coming down the hallway toward them. The nephew said that it was likely a maid, so since it was late and he was in his skivvies, the captain ducked into another room so that whomever it was wouldn't catch him out in his undershirt. This was the 1800s, and people didn't just go out to Walmart in their pajamas like we do nowadays. So while he was hiding out in the room, the door of that room slowly creaked open, and the captain saw a figure in a brown brocade dress holding up a lamp. She held it up to her face, and he could see the distinct features of Dorothy Walpole Townsend. She smiled evilly, which terrified the captain so much that he raised his revolver and shot her directly in the face. But with that, the figure disappeared and the bullet went straight through the hall, missing the nephews and lodging into the door of the adjacent room. The brown lady was next seen in 1926 by none other than the newest Lady Townsend as well as her son and his friend. The three of them saw her floating down the staircase, just like in the photo. They could identify her as the same woman in the portrait of Lady Dorothy Walpole Townsend, which still hung in the room that Captain Marriott had slept in all those years earlier. Raynham Hall is still owned by the Townsend family and is occasionally open to the public for events and tours. 
It's one of the most splendid and haunted houses in Norfolk, England. The Brown Lady has been reported by several witnesses over the years, some of whom described her as having empty eye sockets or a glowing face. They say her appearance is precedented by a sudden chill in the air, and it's believed that she's restless and unhappy and wandering the hall in search of her children or her lover, Lord Wharton. Or maybe she's just happy to be out of that bedroom she was locked up in. Our next ghost is also in England, Greenwich to be exact. It also involves a staircase as well. The Tulip Staircase Ghost can be seen in a photograph taken by Reverend Ralph Henry in 1966 at the Queen's House in Greenwich, England. It shows a robed figure gripping the railing with both hands and climbing the spiral staircase, which is known as the Tulip Staircase. Just like Captain Provend, Reverend Hardy did not see anyone on the staircase when he took the photo, and the ghostly image only appeared once the film was later developed. Additionally, the staircase had been roped off at the bottom so that no one was allowed on it, debunking the idea that the figure was a human. But if you see this picture, whatever it is, is clearly not a homo sapien. The identity of the ghostly figure is unknown, but some believe that it's the specter of a maid who died on those stairs 300 years ago. The Queen's house itself is over 400 years old and has a storied history. It was built by Inigo Jones, not to be confused with Inigo Montoya. For Anne of Denmark, the wife of King James I, and it was later completed by Charles I for his wife Henrietta Maria, because apparently it took a really long time to finish. It has also been used as a hospital, a school, an orphanage, and a museum. Over the years, staff and visitors have consistently reported paranormal experiences at the Queen's house, such as hearing footsteps, feeling cold spots, seeing shadows, and even witnessing a woman in a white-gray dress gliding across a balcony and passing straight through a wall. The Tulip Staircase Ghost remains one of the most famous and baffling ghost photographs ever taken. Because England has so many ancient manors and castles, it stands to reason why so many of the photos we're talking about today were taken across the pond. In 1891, a woman named Sybil Corbett took a photo in the library of Combermere Abbey in Cheshire, England. When the film was developed, it showed the faint image of a man sitting in a chair. This man bore a striking resemblance to Lord Combermere, the man of the house. Lord Combermere was also known as Wellington Henry Stapleton Cotton, the second Viscount Combermere. He was a British soldier and a politician who served as a member of Parliament and a colonel in the army. He was also a keen sportsman and horse breeder, and he had a reputation for being a good shooter, steeplechase rider, and fly fisherman. He was married to Susan Sitwell, who was the daughter of Sir George Sitwell and the sister of the Archbishop of Canterbury. All this kind of sounds like an obituary, doesn't it? Well, Sybil Corbett, the photographer I just mentioned, was Lord Combermere's daughter-in-law. She was staying at Combermere Abbey after his death. Yes, I said death. Lord Combermere had died in a carriage accident a few days earlier. His funeral was actually being held at that very moment several miles away, which is why Sybil was in town to begin with. She'd wanted to take a picture of the library, which was empty and quiet at the time, so she set up her camera on a tripod with an exposure time of about an hour. She then left the camera unattended while she and the rest of the family attended Lord Combermere's funeral. When she returned and later developed the film, she was shocked to see the ghostly figure sitting in the chair, which looked exactly like Lord Combermere. 
She sent the photograph and the negative to various experts, including Kodak Laboratories, who confirmed that they were not tampered with or the result of double exposure. While it's possible that someone entered the library and sat in the chair while everyone else was at the funeral, there's no evidence that such a thing happened, and no one ever came forward and said that they did, even after the photo gained notoriety and was published in newspapers and magazines worldwide. It remains one of the most famous ghostly photographs in history. Moving forward in time, but still in England, we come to a photograph that was taken in 1987 by one Mrs. Sayer. While Mrs. Sayer was visiting an airfield, she decided she wanted a picture of herself sitting in the cockpit of a plane. A friend took the photo for her, but when the image was developed, there was another friend in the photo, a friend whom Mrs. Sayer had not seen as she posed in the plane. It was a man sitting beside her wearing a pilot's uniform. The man in the photograph is believed to be a long-lost pilot who died at the airfield during World War II or shortly after. Others think he's a Polish pilot who flew with the Royal Air Force, or that he was a British pilot who crashed nearby. Or maybe he was just a friendly spirit who wanted to join Mrs. Sayer for one last ride. Like all the others we've talked about, this photograph was also examined by experts who confirmed that it was not tampered with or the result of a double exposure, and it remains unexplained. Another airfield ghost showed up to get his picture taken in 1919 at the HMS Daedalus training facility. Sir Victor Goddard was leading a squadron of airmen and gathered them up for a group photo in their military caps and uniforms. But when the photo was developed, there was one man in the group that had not been there on picture day because he was dead. The ghostly image of mechanic Freddie Jackson appeared with his comrades. However, Freddie had died just a few days earlier when he accidentally walked into a moving aircraft propeller. It's believed that Freddie did not realize he was dead and showed up for the group photo when a squadron commander ordered him to. Guys, that's some serious sixth sense stuff right there, I'll tell you. In 1996, Terry Ike Clanton visited the Boot Hill Cemetery in Tombstone, Arizona. He wanted to take a picture of his friend dressed as a cowboy, but when the photos were developed, he saw not one, but two cowboys. His friend and another man standing behind him wearing a hat and holding a knife. The man in the photograph is believed to be a cowboy or some sort of outlaw who died at the cemetery, which used to bury people who died, quote, with their boots on in the 19th century. Others believe the ghostly gunslinger was Billy Clanton, one of the Clanton gang members who was killed in the famous gunfight at the OK Corral, which took place near the cemetery in 1881. And that might make sense, seeing as the photographer was a Clanton himself. Again, this photo was examined and no tampering was found. I bet most of you have heard about the Amityville Horror. For those of you who haven't, the short version is that in November of 1974, a guy named Ron DeFeo brutally murdered his entire family of six in their home in Amityville, New York, while they all slept. A little over a year later, in December of 1975, George and Kathy Lutz got a hell of a bargain on the house, but paid for it when it turned out to be haunted AF. At this point, most people believe that the Lutz's story is a big old slice of baloney. But did you know that there's actual photo evidence of a ghost at that house in Amityville? I did not until I saw it, and it's absolutely terrifying. The photograph was taken in 1976 by Gene Campbell. 
Jean was working with paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren, who famously studied the house and tried to determine if it was in fact possessed by demons as the Lutzes claimed. Campbell set up an automatic camera that took infrared pictures to capture the second floor landing during the night. He used black and white film, which was more sensitive to low light conditions. Out of the hundreds and hundreds of images he produced, only one showed anything unusual. And it was a young boy peeking out of a doorway with glowing eyes. The boy is believed to be John DeFeo, who was only nine years old when his big brother Ron brutally murdered him along with their parents and three other siblings in 1974. The room that the boy is peeking out of was John's bedroom and the place where his little body was discovered. If you Google this picture, it will pull up a photo of John DeFeo as well. The resemblance is uncanny and absolutely chilling. This was hands down the scariest photo I saw while researching this episode. While the photo was examined and could not be debunked, some believe that the person in the photo is actually a guy named Paul Bartz, who was an investigator working with the Warrens that night, and that the glowing eyes were caused by the infrared film. However, to me, the person is clearly a kid and not an adult, and it looks exactly like John DeFeo. That said, I've been fooled before, so it's possible that this Bart fellow was down on his knees or something. But please go look for yourself and tell me what you think. Our next ghostly photo was taken during a dinner party at Coventry Cathedral in England in 1985. It was taken by the Fortean Picture Library, and it shows a transparent figure standing near an altar wearing a cloak and a bonnet. It's become known as the Coventry Cathedral Ghost, and some say it's the spirit of a 14th century monk or nun who died during the Black Death Plague that was rampant at the time. Like all the others I've talked about, this figure was not seen by anyone at the time and only appeared once the film was developed. It also has been examined and confirmed to be authentic, though some claim that it might have been a hoax perpetrated by someone who dressed up as a ghost and sneaked in the cathedral. However, again, there's no evidence to back that claim up. It's just conjecture from people who don't believe in ghosts. The next story takes place in 1997 in California when Denise Russell was at a family picnic. She snapped a picture of her 94-year-old grandmother who was sitting on a bench, but when she developed the film, she saw a man standing behind her grandmother holding onto her shoulder. The man appeared to be Russell's grandfather who had died in 1984. Russell did not see anyone else there at the time that she took the photo, and she said that her grandma was definitely alone on that bench and far away from the rest of the family, so there was no opportunity for anyone to photobomb her. She also said that her grandmother had moved to another state after her grandfather's death and that they had a happy marriage, so presumably granddad followed his loving bride across state lines. Gosh, I wish I had someone of me that much. I mean, I do, but I don't know that he'd follow me into the grave, maybe into the kitchen to make me a sandwich. I guess that's good enough. Speaking of eternal love from beyond the grave, our final tale of ghostly Olin Mill sessions is known as the backseat ghost. No, not love like that. Get your mind out of the gutter. Anyway, this photograph was taken by Mabel Chinnery in 1959 at a cemetery in England. She'd gone there with her husband to visit her mother's grave, and her husband parked the car and waited while she got out and walked through the cemetery. Mabel finished visiting the grave and began to walk back to the car. On a whim, she pulled out her camera and snapped a photo of her husband sitting in their car while he was waiting on her. When she later developed the film, she saw a figure sitting in the back seat behind her husband. The figure wore glasses and a hat. 
She recognized him immediately as her mother's husband who had died several years earlier. Apparently, he tagged along to visit as well. Or maybe he was just at the graveyard already and intended to hitch a ride home with the Russells. Okay, guys, what we've learned today is that ghosts are just as vain as we are when it comes to loving pictures of themselves, but that you probably won't see them until after you've taken the photo. Very few of us use film cameras anymore, so I'm not sure they'd even show up in digital form or how believable it would be because, let's be honest, iPhone filters can make me look like Gazelle Bunchen, so anything is possible with photography nowadays. I wouldn't be surprised if a ghost stopped you and asked you to facetune them before posting your paranormal photographs. In any case, please Google all the pics I told you about today and decide for yourself what you think. I definitely think that at least some of them could be for really real. Guys, as always, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate you more than you'll ever know, and I love you all for listening and supporting us. If you'd like to throw some dollars at us to support us that way too, check out the support link in the show notes on our Instagram page. Either way, I hope that you'll still come back and see us next week, same time, in same place for a little more history and a little more haunt. We'll see you then.